What up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I'm Justin Michael, and we're going to be talking CSU hoops. It is late uh, Wednesday night. I actually spent most of the day working on a feature that is never going to run. It was on a, a player that I thought was going to be transferring to CSU. Had some weird stuff happen last minute. Now it's it's not going to happen. He's not even transferring at all. So it's not a situation where CSU is losing that player to another to another school in the market. They just uh, they've decided not to transfer. Uh, I'll talk more about that. We're going to talk more about CSU hoops. Before I get into all of that, though, it is April the twentieth, aka four twenty. Popular day here in Colorado and many other states where certain activities are now recreationally legal. And kind of on that topic of, of marijuana, which is always a, a controversial one whenever it's in the world of college athletics. But it's funny, I was talking to a, a former CSU linebacker, somebody that spent time here while Bobo was head coach, also was here during the, the Dazio era. And, you know, didn't he, he didn't have much good to say about the Adazio era, but he said if he deserves credit for anything, it's that he stopped doing unnecessary drug testing on the roster. You see, the thing is, is they're really looking for steroids and performance-enhancing drugs, so NCAA is only going to test you once a year maybe twice depending on if you get into like the college football playoff or like a big bowl or something like that. But it's not a situation where you're getting tested on a weekly basis. Some teams though, decide to, to test their players, you know, a couple of times throughout the year. Mike Bobo, for instance, was very, very harsh when it came to, to marijuana stuff. Very, very against it. Called it dope from the day he got into town, you know, kind of set that standard. And as weed became recreationally legal out here, you know, that only intensified. Now, for the sake of transparency, you know, I think if, if you followed me over the years, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I could care less about marijuana if players are smoking weed. And the thing is, a lot more of them are smoking weed than you might want to admit. You know, I know that the the opinions on marijuana have changed a lot in the last 20 years, and that's kind of a a cultural difference, I guess. You know, certain generations still, you know, view it differently. That's fine. The, the point of this isn't for me to get on a soapbox and be like, you know, if you're against marijuana, you're wrong. Again, I don't really care what you think. I'm not trying to change your mind. It, it doesn't bother me. I, I understand, you know, why people don't like it. I do. Having said that, if we're talking about purely from what is in the best interest of the football team, what is what is in the best interest of keeping as many people on the field as possible as you can, whether you're for marijuana or against it, you should you should want the team to test as little as possible. Because again, the reality is players are doing it. They are doing it. They're doing it at CSU. They're doing it at CU. They're doing it at Utah State, UNLV, every school in the country. So in a state like Colorado, where it's recreationally legal, I know that it's still against NCAA policies, but where it is something that people can do legally here, why would you be going out of your way to potentially get players in trouble? 
to potentially put your own team in a position to win less games. Because again, you know, whether you like marijuana or not, the reality is they are using it. Pro athletes smoke weed. Not all of them, of course, but I mean, there are pro athletes, obviously, that partake. There are pro athletes that play high. There are college athletes that play high. And if you're listening to this podcast going like, what? They play high? Yeah, it's not that hard. It really isn't, especially if you're used to, you know, partaking in set activities. Now, do I think that playing high or like practicing high is going to, you know, give a player the, the best opportunity to succeed? Probably not. But it does work for some people. I mean, Allen Iverson famously used to smoke a blunt before games. I mean, Marshawn Lynch has talked about, you know, doing uh, shots of Hennessy before games. Anyways, the, the point of this wasn't for me to, like, go into the weeds and start talking about, you know, well, they do opiates and all this stuff and, like, you know, start talking in, about the morality of it all. But my point is, is strictly from a competitive standpoint, it doesn't make sense to potentially get players in trouble by testing more than you have to, especially for something that we as a society, you know, have pretty much accepted as, you know, fine. I don't know what Norvell's testing policies are. I would imagine they're probably like Adazio's, like most major programs, you know, testing as, as little as possible. Cause again, why would you, why would you potentially, why would you put yourself in a position to, lose a player unless it's just, you know, some moral stance or, you know, just because you really, really hate weed, which was kind of the case with Bobo, just really hated it. And again, like this isn't me taking a shot at Bobo. I get it. He's, you know, a, a good old boy from Georgia. You know, I'm, I'm from Denver. It's, it's different. It's a completely different perception of it here. And I, and I get that, but from a competitive standpoint, testing for marijuana is, it's stupid. It, it's stupid. I mean, if it were up to me, they, they just wouldn't test for marijuana in any sports because I just, what, what does it matter at this point? Maybe I'm young and naive. You know, maybe that's making it too easy for young men to develop bad habits or something like that. But I mean, if I was a head coach, I would just look at the situation and be honest with myself. And, you know, do I, do I think that there are going to be players in my locker room doing set activities at various points? Maybe not every day. Maybe it's only once, you know, maybe it's just at a party or something like that. But do I think it's going to happen? Yes, absolutely. Do I want to run the risk of losing that player or, you know, having to discipline that player? No, they're college kids. They're going to do college things. And for all his flaws, you know, Steve Adazio recognized that. You know, I just knowing his personal background a little bit, you know, having gotten to be around him, you know, knowing the type of guy he is, I, I would have to guess that Adazio is, is not the kind of guy that's going to be visiting a dispensary anytime soon. But, you know, again, it's just kind of recognizing, do I like this? No. But do I want to lose my players over it when they're going to do it, whether we test for it or not? No, I don't want to lose my players. Anyways, that's my two cents on testing for marijuana in the modern era on, uh, on 420. Before I move on here, given that I, that I am a Colorado native, I grew up in Jefferson County, I just, you know, I always want to say that we never forget the victims of, of Columbine on this day. Obviously, horrific. Um, really, I... 
I can't explain to people that aren't from here how much that truly did shape the community and how much it still impacts people all these years later. But those those victims will will never be forgotten. All right, I am going to move on and talk CSU hoops, but the NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. You don't even have to get the the pick right. You're just going to get $150 in free bets. All DraftKings customers can also bet on the NBA with the same game parlay. This is where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay doesn't hit. This is why you got to love DraftKings. I mean, they're just always giving you opportunities to win, whether it's, you know, signing bonuses or, you know, second chances to hit a bet. DK, they are for the people. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win during the first round of the playoffs. Get $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Again, that is with the promo code DNVR at sign up at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions due to apply, a minimum $5 deposit is required. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, real quick, I got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. And I am going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks to win the NBA championship at plus 750. The reigning champs, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I I just don't understand why nobody is talking about Milwaukee the way that they talk about, you know, Phoenix or, you know, Golden State's actually the betting favorite now at plus 340. They have looked good. Going to need to see it on a, on a larger sample size. At plus 750, I just think the value is tremendous. You can get Philly at plus 1100. That's decent as well. Miami at plus 850. A lot of really good teams in the East. But ultimately, I am betting on Giannis, one of the best three basketball players on the planet, to pull it out in this scenario. And I just, I like the experience of the Bucs. I like that they've been there before. They're a battle tested team when it comes to the playoffs. Obviously, they had a couple of tough losses late in the playoffs before ultimately breaking through and winning the championship. I, I very much love their chances of getting there. And considering, you know, Phoenix, Golden State, whoever ultimately comes out of the West, probably going to be kind of be now going to be a bit of a gauntlet. I guess you could say that for the East too, but I love Giannis. I love Giannis is ultimately what it comes down to. And that's why we are going with the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 750 to win the NBA championship. Lock it in. All right, real quick, because I can't remember if I talked about this last week or not. I do want to shout out Adam Thistlewood who recently committed to the Colorado School of Mines. I think, you know, a lot of people thought that it might be a possibility just given that he's a golden kid. Now he gets to go back to his hometown. Obviously really smart. The thing about Mines is it's blind admissions. So, you know, it it doesn't matter if you're a basketball player. They're not going to let you in unless you can cut it academically. Adam's brilliant, obviously. So he was able to qualify. He'll get to finish up his career in his hometown, which is amazing, you know, have an opportunity for, 
you know, family and, and friends to see him. I'll certainly go check out a couple of Mines games this year in the RMAC. That'll be fun. And I think it'll be a, a good spot for a guy that, you know, has had a, a ton of just injury problems the last two years to to finish his career against lesser competition, hopefully a little bit less physical strain. And I just hope he can have some fun again. You know, I I think you could see Adam thinking at times last year. You could see see it in his face, like, you know, okay, load the ball, go up, shoot. And when you start missing, you know, over and over and over again, especially when that's supposed to be your specialty, it just it gets in your head. It's it's hard for it not to. And I just I think mines will be good. You know, he'll he'll obviously, even with, you know, some physical limitations at this point of his career, will, you know, basically be the best player on the floor at, at any given time. And I just think it'll be fun for him. You know, I, I I'm just happy for him. It was Getting to know him, you know, these last four years, I obviously very much liked him. And it, it was hard for me knowing him to, and knowing how competitive he is to see him, you know, on the bench and, you know, only playing, you know, a couple of minutes a night in, in this run last year. And that was the right coaching decision. You know, I, I would have done the same thing if I was in the, in the staff's position. But just the, the human component of it, you know, he's, he's a great person. He's been great to CSU. And so as a CSU guy, I've got a lot of love for him. I've got a lot of respect for him. And I'm really happy for him. Now he gets to go, you know, finish his career in his hometown. And then, you know, from CSU's perspective, it's it's best. You get a guy who would have been, you know, he wouldn't have been a bad teammate or anything like that. But if he came back, you'd have a guy on scholarship who basically wouldn't be playing. So it's just one of those situations where it's it's the best for both sides. But I just I wanted to briefly shout him out and uh, say that I, I certainly wish him well. Looking forward to seeing how he's able to finish up his career. Would have enjoyed covering one more season, but more than anything, I'm just I'm happy for him as a person. Happy he gets to go back to his hometown and happy he's gonna get to play. It's gonna be cool. All right, all right, all right. Thistlewood has played his last game as a Ram, but we are starting to get an idea of who some of the new guys coming into the fold might be. I published an article the other day that talked about Tavi Jackson, six foot three, hundred and seventy pound combo guard out of Las Vegas that just committed to CSU. Big time score. I mean, scored twenty six points a game last year. I was also a, a good facilitator. You know, created uh, steals. My goodness, getting tongue tied here. Just kind of a stat stuffer altogether. I haven't been able to find a ton of video, but he's quick off the dribble, and obviously those those numbers impress you. And you know, ultimately, you're gonna have to start thinking, you know, down the line, kind of who your replacement in the backcourt is ultimately gonna be for Isaiah Stevens. Now, you know, you have guys like Jalen Lake and you know Isaiah Rivera scores that you're excited about, but I mean, a true point guard that can score, but also run the floor the way Isaiah does is it's rare. It It's so rare. So much so that it wouldn't, you know, really surprise me if you saw CSU kind of just stockpile, you know, point guards, combo guards these next couple of years and just kind of hope that one or two of them pan out. It's kind of like quarterbacks at that point. You know what I mean? You just throw a bunch of them into the mix and, and see what happens. Now, obviously you still got Isaiah, so that's not a, it's not a, an immediate concern, but, He's got the coaches, they're always thinking long-term. Bring in a guy like Jackson, you know, put some weight on him, get him a, a year in the system with JP, you know, see see where he's at. Good things can happen. Good things can happen. 
Uh, with Jackson, they still have three more scholarships to fill for if Roddy ultimately decides to stay in the NBA draft. But again, I'm operating under the assumption that he's coming back until we hear otherwise. As far as what they want to do with those scholarships, they would love to to add a five that can bring a little bit more offensively than what we've seen out of James Moore's. I think there's a lot that you like defensively with James, but you know, he's he's just raw. And again, I think he could become a better offensive player. When he just puts his nose down and drives to the hoop, he's actually pretty solid. It's the the touch that he's lacking, and he doesn't really have any type of jump shot or, you know, like post hook shot type game, you know, from within six, eight feet of the hoop. Needs to develop something there, but CSU'd like to add another five if possible. Easier said than done. Something I've said repeatedly this offseason. Every school in the country wants a big that can handle the ball, facilitate, pass, rebound, and defend. Also has, you know, touch offensively. You know, it'd be great if they're also a 4.0 student, a perfect teammate. Uh, what else? They they want to mow your lawn, you know, during their free time. Like, yes, all of that would be great. Easier said than done. We'll see what happens there. They're talking to a couple of different people. Unfortunately, um, CSU, they, they lost... Gideon George. They thought they were going to sign Gideon George, the BYU transfer. Really, really athletic guy. Uh, can play three or four, kind of, or, you know, could be a small ball five, depending on what type of lineup you're doing. The Rams, you know, he, he was supposed to come to campus on Thursday. They pretty much thought they were going to, you know, get him on campus and sign. Ended up falling apart at the last minute. Sounds like Uh, Gideon was influenced by his family and he will no longer be transferring. So it's not a situation where, you know, like CSU's losing him to Wyoming last second or something like that. He's just not transferring. That's a bummer. (laughs) Um, Gideon is a phenomenal athlete. Really cool story, by the way. I I recommend you go look him up if you don't know his story. Came over from Nigeria, uh, started at New Mexico Junior College, has been at BYU the last couple of years, is a guy who I think his his basketball potential has really only been scratched. The the surface has really only been scratched. He can guard one through five. Really developed a nice three-point shot over the course of last season. A good defender, great rebounder. He would have been perfect to, to put next to Roddy, especially in a small ball lineup where you have Roddy at the five. You can put Gideon at the, at the four and take some of that defensive pressure off Roddy, or you would have been able to, but... Ultimately, that fell through, and so now the the coaches will kind of have to to hit the reset button and, and reevaluate things, and, and we'll see from there. Max Klesmit still in the mix. Really, really solid two-guard out of Wofford. Getting some heavy SEC interest late, so hopefully CSU is able to, to sign him. But it's a long offseason, and, and that's something that, that we always need to, to remember is just that you know, Chandler Jacobs didn't sign until the end of May last year. And granted, that was a little bit of a unique situation because he originally committed to Texas Tech. But I mean, even today, you know, there's still more more and more people going into the, the portal each and every day. I think at this point, it's like three and a half to, to four for every single team in the NCAA. That's the average right now. Four players per team. 1,400 people in the transfer portal. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's a, It's insane. And I know it's been frustrating, you know, just Wyoming added a couple of Pac-12 guys. They San Diego State's been able to go out and add some really nice pieces. Uh, New Mexico is, is recruiting really well. I think New Mexico is going to be dangerous next year. Last year, 
at this point last year, I was saying Wyoming, you know, look out for Wyoming. And then we saw, we all saw what they did last year, this past season. I'm saying the same thing about New Mexico going forward, but have faith, you know, have faith in these coaches, have faith in the staff. I would say that they've earned that trust at this point, you know, just based on the last couple of years. So give them an opportunity. We've got plenty of time to figure it all out. And, you know, ultimately they're, you know, a big transfer away and a, you know, Roddy announcing he's coming back from everybody being stoked again. Granted, you know, if Roddy announces he's going pro, it's probably going to be doomsday on CSU Twitter and I might have to take the day off, but it's early. It's early. It's early. I can't say that enough. It's still early, still plenty of time. And I will continue to give you updates as I find out more info about the recruiting scene for CSU hoops, uh, talking CSU football tomorrow. We'll go up to Fort Collins early in the morning for the last practice before the spring game. Then I'm going to talk to Freddie Banks, defensive coordinator, a couple of guys in the secondary. Really looking forward to it. It's crazy how fast this has all gone. I'll have some content coming out that, that talks about that, as well as what to look for in the spring game. Uh, last Saturday, I talked a little bit about the format, ones versus the world. I will, we'll get into it a little bit more, though. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. First spring game in five years. Really looking forward to it. Shout out to all of you for supporting the content. You make my dreams come true. Much love. Hope everyone has a wonderful week. Peace.